welcome to The Last Track, where we help people showcase the last track of their life story in their final wishes. I am your host, Brian Norris, the co-owner of Bateman Funeral Home in Newport, Oregon. Just like a song can bring you back to a day, a time, and a memory, so too can a well-planned service. The quote of the day is by Sappho, that great poetess of ancient times. What cannot be said will be wept. That says a lot, doesn't it? What cannot be said will be wept. Today we're talking a little bit about conversations. You know, it's it's hard to have a conversation about death with an adult, but it can be even really much harder having a conversation about death with a child. The Dougie Center in Portland, Oregon, uh, has some tips on how to talk to a child about grief and dying. You can find out more information about the Dougie Center at Dougie.org, Dougie.org. And they're a really, really well-known place that works with children. Talking about grief to children is really difficult because grief grief entails so many different emotions. It has anger. Sadness, worry. I mean, worry. What? What am I going to do now? You know, worrying about. Well, who's going to take care of me now? Sometimes, and this is a hard one because people feel guilty. But sometimes there's relief. There's fear. There's numbness. So, grief says thoughts could be such as, "Who will take care of me now that my mom is dead?" Why? Do people get cancer? Am I going to get cancer? Because my dad died from cancer. Am I going to get it? What will happen next? And all of these grief as emotions and thoughts can really change a person's personality for a while. And you can think, why is that kid doing that? Or, you know, Tommy never did that before. But it's those, they're having these emotions and feelings that that they're trying to work through. And so they're manifesting them in whole, maybe different behavior. Grief can also come on as physical reactions. You know, if, if, if you've ever been so grief-stricken that you're nauseous and you're sick and you can't eat, uh, you know what I mean. Sleeping. Sleeping can be difficult. Sometimes you're getting up at one or two in the morning and you can't go back to sleep. Sometimes you can't go to sleep at all or you think you're never going to be able to fall asleep, and then two or three in the morning, you finally, your body succumbs and, and puts you to sleep. And But then you're not sleeping very well. And so then, then you're trying to get up and go to work or trying to do something, and you just can't. And it can be really, really hard. Children, maybe a, maybe a, a child loved to play baseball all the time, and now they don't want anything to do with baseball. And that could be the simple fact that grandpa used to go watch him play baseball. And he connects that feeling of joy and love with his grandpa watching him play baseball. And he doesn't want to have those feelings. And so what do you do? You just stop playing baseball. And those are things to look out for as you're you're trying to help children uh, work through grief. 
So some of the things that you can do to help them start working through the grief process is, and, and I do this with a lot of children that come to the funeral home, and as I'm talking to the, maybe maybe I'm talking to the daughter who has their their little child with them, and that might be the grandchild of grandpa or grandma that just passed away, could even be their father or their mother that passed away. I talk about drawing, and we actually have color crayons, and we have color crayon books, for especially for those youngest ones that can't really draw real well, but they can, they can sure make a crayon go madly back and forth across a picture in a color crayon book and then tear that piece of paper out and put that with grandma and grandpa or, or their loved one who's passed away. They can express themselves through drawing, really, especially the youngest ones that can't write yet. Maybe they can't write, I, I miss you, I love you on a piece of paper, but they can certainly draw a picture of grandma or grandpa or mom or dad holding their hands, standing side by side and put it with their loved one into the casket or take it uh, and put it with a person to be cremated. And that's a way to help them start to do that. Sometimes you can take a piece of paper in order to help the uh, the younger younger ones to start also processing the fact that they've lost a loved one and they still can, you know, they can still remember them, but life is going to look a little different, is to take a piece of paper, fold it in half, and have them draw on one side the family unit or their, you know, them with their loved one who's passed away on one side, and then on the next page, draw the picture without that person present. And that kind of helps to reinforce the child to, to the, ch- the the children that it is going to be different, but it's going to be okay. If you were to do some uh, like a little project, you can collect some rocks. You can either get some fancy ones that you can order on Amazon, or you can find some uh, some rocks that are around the home that that are suitable for writing on, and you can uh, write a memory. You can paint a memory. You can write little uh, words on them like love and a memory and that type of thing, and you can place them in a memory garden. You can even, for those children that especially can't write, they could just paint them and put them in a garden and just, that's, that's you know, a rock that I painted for grandma, and they put it in their memory garden. If you help them, and you can get like these little pins that have paint in it so that you can actually write the word, you can talk to your child and you can tell them, you, know, you can work with them by saying, hey, tell me one word when you think of Uncle John that, you, that comes to your mind. And they might say love or funny or happy, uh, those types of things. And, and everything that they say is valid. So don't try to second guess them. But if let's say, for example, Uncle Uncle Bob was the funniest uncle around and they always laughed. Well, you could put funny and then you can have them take that rock and put it somewhere in a garden in the area or a memory box. And they can start processing by by saying goodbye, by saying by doing those things. It's 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 letting them do something with their hands. And that's really important, letting them do something with their hands because they're starting to use their five senses. And when you use as many of those senses as possible, it helps the mind to know that something has changed. 
and it really helps them to uh, process that grief. I talked about writing a letter, and for those, uh, maybe they're young adults. They're they're in their teens, and again, I I do this a lot. Is I tell these kids that are you know ten, eleven, twelve, fourteen, sixteen. In fact, I I mean I tell people in their sixties. Yeah, maybe they're sixty years old when they finally lost mom or dad. It's still going to be hard. Write them a letter. You know, write them a letter, and that's something that really helps, especially if somebody didn't get a chance to say goodbye. COVID-19 right now, when this is being recorded, there's thousands and thousands of family members that can't say goodbye because of COVID-19. Write a letter. It helps so much to be able to write that letter and get those feelings feelings uh, out uh, and, and put either with the person, you know, in their casket or maybe to be cremated with them. You know, my dad actually writes in a journal and he just got a spiral bound notebook and he just writes to my mom every night, just writes every night. That does two things. One, it helps him. He's able to feel like he's still talking to mom. And number two, it leaves a journal for me and my children to be able to see how my dad coped with loss, see those personal messages to mom. And then for him, he's leaving a legacy for us to be able to to know. If their child can't write, maybe, or they can't read, reading a story with a parent and being able to sit down and read some different books, there's a lot of different books that are available that uh, that talk about grief. And having a book and sitting down with a parent and reading that book is a great way to also get some things going. One last thing I want to remember is we talked about briefly about the senses. And one of the best ways to be able to help a child uh, with the grieving process, you know, when you're a child and you went to grandma's house, what's one of the things that you really enjoyed? Maybe it was cooking. Every time you went to grandma's house, she had cookies. Or every time she went to grandma, you went to grandma's house, she had something on the stove. Well, if your loved one, a mom, a sister, whoever, left a recipe and it's their favorite lasagna, it's their favorite spaghetti, it's their favorite, you know, banana bread, whatever it is, if you cook, if you if you if you take your child and you and you take take them over into the kitchen and say, you know what, you really love grandma's spaghetti, so let's make grandma's spaghetti together. And so, as you get out the ingredients and you're talking about grandma, and you're making spaghetti and you're and it smells just like how grandma made it, and it tastes just like how grandma made it, and your child is you know, using a fork and spoon and they're seeing the spaghetti and they're, they're remembering grandma. And that is a great way to also start moving them through the grieving process and be able to process that grief. One other thing, and I know I said this is the last, but music. If your loved one had a particular type of music that they loved to listen to, maybe it was country music. Well, change this channel on your radio in your car so that your child can listen to that music. If 
you're if you're around the house and maybe uh, grandma listened to Beethoven, put some Beethoven on, listen to the music, and sit down with your child and let them listen to that music. Grieving out loud is a another uh, tip that the Dougie Center has. It's, the, the Dougie Center has a podcast and it's called Grief Out Loud. And that has a, uh, some episodes which present a mix of personal stories, tips for supporting children, teens, and interviews with bereavement professionals. And some of the episodes suggest for teens are uh, grieving the death of a best friend. You know, that's a tough one. You know, when you're 14, 15, 16 years old and your best friend was, was killed, wow. What I mean, at 14, 15, nobody thinks they're going to die. And their best friend maybe died in a car wreck. Maybe, tragically, their best friend got cancer. It's, it's a tough thing. I mean, again, am I going to get cancer? And all those things roll through their heads. Even though they're teenagers, they, look, they almost look like they're adults, but they're not. And so how do they go through and uh, grieve the, the loss of their best friend? There's another podcast called What I Needed. Tips from a Grieving Teen, and Growing Up with Grief. It's a teen story about growing up with grief and, lo- and losing a parent so young, and growing up with grief. It's, it's totally different. It's when you're growing up and you've already lost a parent when you're young, that's a whole different ball game. And working with those, with those uh, teens uh, or young children uh, through that process. So hopefully we gave some uh, good tips and advice. Hopefully we gave you some resources that you can go to that can help you talking to a child or talking to a young adult about grief and death and dying. Please make sure that you try to go to those resources if you have any questions. And uh, hopefully this has helped. With every podcast, we take a moment and we reflect uh, on those families that have uh, lost a loved one, especially during these COVID times. And so we take a moment, we pause, and we light a virtual candle in their memory. This has been The Last Track. I'm Brian Norris. You can find out more about Bateman Funeral Home at our website at batemanpacificview.com, or you can visit us on Facebook. If you have feedback or questions about today's episode, please leave us a comment. We'll try to answer those questions. Or you're welcome to call 541-265-2751. You can ask for Brian, and I would love to hear from you. Please make sure you listen to the other two podcasts in this trilogy, starting the conversation as well as bringing a child to a funeral. And then coming up, we have our next trilogy is Understanding Pre-Needs.